When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome to the kickoff in the Valley podcast where I am not Gunner Jackson. Voice of the bird God stepping in along with Tyler Vasquez to break down what was shockingly Tyler another loss for the Arizona Cardinals but most importantly three snaps into this one we know the topic of the day is Kyler Murray non-contact injury I think you're screwing with me when you say shockingly that they lost <laughs> yes that is a theme from this season but uh you know listen it is what it is what it is at this point but I, there's actually a lot here when it comes to Kyler Murray and this injury that actually has ramifications I think well beyond this season uh, definitely does. I mean, I've kind of seen people say anywhere from nine to 10 months that this will set Kyler Murray back, maybe seven, eight months that you might be able to get him to do some sort of work. Right. But when we talk about, and I'm sure we'll go here eventually, but we talk about potential change at head coach or GM or things to that nature. I mean, what does this do to that? Right. Like how, how easy of a sell to a Sean Payton or, or these other people that are out there, that now the franchise quarterback of this team, he ain't going to be ready by week one. I mean, just based on timeline, you're talking late September, early October. Uh, I mean, this this isn't good that this uh, – it's never good when your quarterback sustains an injury like this, especially a mobile quarterback like Tyler Murray. But it's definitely not good that it happens in December. I mean, it's one thing for him to yeah. go down in October and be ready to go for training camp and everything else for a new season – but what what is now compounded from a season of disappointment and a lot of injuries across the board to now Kyler Murray, your friend, the biggest piece. Like when we asked going into last night, you know, what what's the worst that could happen at this point? You know, you're you're already probably going to miss the playoffs. I mean, if they lose last night, uh, then they're officially out. Right. And that's what ended up happening. So that was like the worst that people were thinking, like, oh, they lose. But the positive spin was, hey, get a better draft pick. No, the worst thing that could happen happened. What was it? The second or third play? I, I can't even remember, but I yeah, know it was like, snaps. yeah, it was, yeah, it was third snap. So it was third play of the game. He goes down on, on that. Uh, uh, what did it look like? Uh, you know, cause it was on the opposite side of the field for me. I know you were watching, but did it, did it, was it a designed run or was it him scrambling because he was under duress? No, it's rolling out. And you know, they, when they call it a non-contact, it's not, it wasn't a, out of you say duress right it's not the play is totally breaking down i gotta get out of here it's almost just getting out into space right getting out oh, into okay. space and then that, that's it yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I've seen the 
I've seen the replay of him like just in the open field and and you could see where the knee looks like it buckles up and and whatever but I didn't I didn't get to see the beginning of it and so and and it was on literally the opposite side of where I sit so has he um has he had as a Cardinals guy has he had any other injuries around the knee before because I was no. trying to think about that in real time right so I mean it being non-contact and also not you know wouldn't make it any better but sometimes if you said well he had previously had injury x on this same knee right it almost you'd you'd like to think maybe it's re-aggravating something or maybe it's the culmination of that and now he's going to come back stronger than it when it's a non-contact injury on a knee that he hadn't had any issues with i, I mean it's a it's a very it's very alarming in this a different is, this, way this is never good for a mobile quarterback Right, well, like, that alone, especially with his height, and we, we we know some of the other limitations to his game potentially. Now, if you talk about, you say coming back, and then what if the first season for him back, even a little bit delayed at the start of the year, what if he comes back next year and it's kind of, hey, for the first two months of my return when I get back onto the field, I'm going to have to be a pocket quarterback. You know, that that changes the entire dynamic of what he is, and to your point, the prospect of what could happen in this off season. It, it, I got to be honest with you, I, you know, first of all, you never you never like seeing a player get hurt. The non-contact stuff is always more concerning. And then even furthermore, though, it's I, I'll say for an Arizona fan base, being someone on the outside looking in, I mean, this is brutal because it just it casts so much more ambiguity over not not this season, not just the offseason, but now your entire next season, too, which is it's, it's hard to be in a state like that for a franchise that may may all of a sudden start looking about making decisions around other players on this roster predicated on the fact that you're not going to have Kyler Murray as a viable option to start next year. They need to be a good franchise and do what a good franchise does. And it's hard because this franchise hasn't been a good franchise. Stay the course, whatever you were going to do, whatever you were thinking of doing, you do it. I mean, that's just as simple as that. Like if, if, if Michael Bidwell has already thought like we need to change everything. Okay. Let's talk about last night a little bit the undisciplined nature of the offense right i mean right, how there's, many there's times... a whole other thing that happened which was the which was the game where they lost to the patriots and it did, looked as bad as they have all oh year. yeah what'd you tweet out you jerk well i just i mean, just you know <laughs> i said i said i said my god this team is terrible and i like and again uh, you know no, you've seen statement. colt mccoy play before obviously he's coming to you know fill in for Kyler murray when he's injured prior but just you're getting further and further down the season and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago it's been a part of the theme of what happens down the stretch here you want to see your better players be leaders you want to mm -hmm. see some pride from this team you want to see pride from the coaching staff and last night did feel like the culmination between the injury and the performance it was well, does anybody care about anything? Uh, they've mailed it home. I mean, it is an, an injury after injury, but the undisciplined stuff. And, and and this is to me, the bigger sign of like why you need to follow through with the plan and not saying that I know Michael Bidwell's plan, right. but in my mentality is the plan at this point is we need to overall, we need to get rid of the coach, probably need to get rid of the GM as well. I would think you're going to get rid of both. Um, now, the reason I say that is you look at the pre-snap penalties again, yeah. you know, and and it's it's not even like okay false start i mean yes those are big and those hurt but like we had two illegal shifts last night like i rarely see one of those in a game let alone two like from the same offense and and then that comes down to at week 14 of the season whose fault is that like i, I see fans saying oh we can't blame cliff kingsbury for that 
That's coaching. It is. I, I mean, you got to have your guys ready. I don't care who's in there. They're all pros. I, I get, you know, you or me and our uh, neighbors down the street are basically on the offensive line. But at the end of the day, those guys have played high level football either in college and, you know, their whole life. Right. So at the very least, they should be able to make sure that the snap's getting out correctly. And, you know, it's one thing if it sails over the head or whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I'm saying like timing type stuff. The timing mm-hmm. stuff is insane. And you see things like AJ Green making mistakes. AJ Green was a certified pro bowler every year of his career in Cincinnati, like until he got hurt. But it's one of those things where like, you can't make those mistakes. Like today looking at film, you should just cut AJ green. I mean, you don't have enough bodies in there with all the injuries to do that. I mean, you could, you could go sign some scrub off the street or novel concept. You could play Greg Dorch. Um, But we know that we know that (laughs) won't happen. So, but it's one of those things where it's just like, man, if you're cliff and if you're Kime. And you're going and watching the film of these games. You're at the point now, play the hungry guys that at least if they screw up, Mm. it's just because of inexperience. Stop playing these veteran guys that really probably shouldn't be on rosters anymore. And honestly, you're just collecting a paycheck. Like, so it's two things then, because let's stay on this thread, because I want to touch back on the Kyler situation for a second Mm -hmm. here. But you say it though whether it's a vet AJ green is a very good example, just because he's a guy that doesn't have any future with this team. Obviously I'm sure if he goes back in the recesses of his mind, feels like I should have gone Arizona. You thought would have been a great landing spot for him, right? Turns out he probably should have gone somewhere else with a veteran quarterback and maybe just hung on as a fringe guy. But regardless of that, it was was good for him last year, last year when we didn't have, you know, we didn't have Hollywood Brown. We didn't have uh, some of the other pieces on the offense right now this year you have way more pieces so at this point yes he should have probably went some went somewhere else this offseason but but it, but it also you also bring up the idea of like to me i backtrack now to the trade deadline where you know you think maybe you're still in it you could be fighting but all these things are happening and if you want to be proactive whether you're listening if you're the head coach you like to be proactive i'm glad they did it better but well, so that's, all, that's what I wanted to ask you was like, should you have been proactive around the idea of like, listen, if this is going to get blown up in some form or fashion to whatever extent, should we be trying to acquire assets? I'm not talking about, you know, we should be trying to get draft capital for a couple of key players that we either aren't going to resign. Oh, yeah. Year their contracts like that's that's where I think uh-huh. we, now we can backtrack and say first mistake here. You should have seen the writing on the wall. You got to know. Yeah, you got. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, yeah, let me uh, clarify. Not buying to help put band aids on yeah. this roster. You should have been getting as much as you could for as many pieces as possible because this wasn't going to be the year. And there's a difference to me between at the trade deadline blowing it up and selling young talent off versus saying, "Listen, you could even look at this season and say, man." So many things didn't break our way this year that led to this. Okay, fine. Like, right, put put the Cliff Kingsbury thing on the shelf for a second. Put the issues with Kyler Murray on the shelf for a second. Just, it didn't work out this year for us. Let's go ahead and get some value and not strip it apart, but let's just give ourselves an opportunity to reset ourselves next season. They didn't do that. They stood pat. And now you're here going, well, not only are we eliminated from the playoffs, we also have guys on this roster that you can almost guarantee aren't going to be here next season. So you, it, it's a double, it's a really a double shot in this one combined with losing Kyler Murray. It's just kind of indicative, I think, symbolic of how the season's gone. Yeah, I, I think the Cardinals, they're really bad about what are other people going to think? 
Like that is almost what it feels Oof. like as yeah. an organization. Like first way to be making decisions. The, yeah, the, and they're so concerned. Like, oh, if we traded a JJ Watt right now, what is the fan base gonna think? Like, oh, we're giving up. Again, they don't understand. I, I almost feel like, feel like they treat the fan base with like the casual fan and not the ones that are maybe the more vocal, like kind of, well, I guess that's a give or take. I mean, you may say the casual fans a little more vocal, but it's almost like you're going to get respect from, you're not going to get these ESPN stories that come out where they're calling mm. for uh, Steve Kimes head. If you start making the right moves, like the practical moves that set you up long-term, but instead they're, I think they're just so concerned of that. And then the byproduct of that is they don't do what you probably should do. And then guess what? People are talking crap about them. And so yep. it's just like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, at least set yourself up, be a good organization and set yourself up long-term. And that's where they should have looked at like a J.J. Watt, right? Jesus, because he has voidable years too. The, the, yeah. After the season, they can void the last three years of his contract. Yeah. yeah. Trade, I, I'm J. sorry, J. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up in the background here and just realizing, trade, you know. Trade a, maybe a DeAndre Hopkins, right? Like, I don't know what the impact that would have been, but. He's another one where he's over 30. You're going to have to pay Hollywood here soon. Like, do you really need to commit all that money to the two, to those two wide receivers? Like I get, you look at Miami and you see yeah. Tyree kill and waddle. And it's like, man, I, everybody wants something like that. Right. But at the end of the day, like they, Miami has other pieces as well. We have a lot of pieces that we, we have a lot of holes at certain key positions, corner, uh, pass rush, uh, offensive line clearly, uh, you know, defensive line could probably use a couple of pieces. So we're not as close as some of these marquee teams where it's like, oh, yeah, let's just devote, uh, you know, 15% of our budget to two stud wide receivers that, you know, in the biggest moment last night, DeAndre Hopkins fumbles and and lets the, uh, it was really the game changer. I think the game changer was the decision not to go for a field goal right before half, but this compounded it and, and really sealed the deal. When he fumbles, New England scoop scores for a touchdown, that kind of, that the momentum, you know, you let the, the air out of the balloon. You, it was, it was done at that point, um, that miss. And then there was that big throw to, to uh, Hollywood Brown. I think it was on a fourth down throw and it was for like 10 or 15 yards and he drops it. It was like right in his hands. Yeah. And um, you know, so those two guys that we're now talking about, do you pay them a bunch of money, but going back to the whole idea of the trade, the, uh, the, the, the trade deadline, like, yeah, do we invest this money into a hop in a Hollywood Brown or do you move Hollywood Brown for, or, I mean, sorry, or do you move, hop for assets yeah. do you move jj watt for assets there's guys on this team you could have traded for assets that are a little on the back nine of their career <laughs> well here's the interesting part too to tie it back in to the kyler murray injury in some ways because when you go and look at his contract and you guys have talked about this a couple of times throughout the year but remember you know the first real opportunity potentially to get out of this uh, when you look at Kyler Murray's contract, is you have to go down a couple of years here, right? Because the dead cap money is going to be a problem. Even if you go ahead and put it, say you put it into a trade kind of scenario, you're going to want to still get after the 2024 season when it's not 46 million in dead cap to move and get it down to 33, et cetera. And the reason why I bring it up is because in some ways, I wonder if I still would have moved the veteran players. But in some ways, even before the injury, the idea was, well, everything that we strip away and everything we do, it's going to end up being about over the next season and the following season. Is this team in any way, shape, or form competitive? When you still, when you Hopkins, are you going to pay him or not? You're still technically could have J.J. Watt under, con under contract because you're still going to have Kyler Murray on the books. 
So if you're thinking about like the next phase of this team, it's probably two years away anyway. Now, the hard part is, is you have outlined numerous times, this organization doesn't make the right decisions often, so it's hard to trust them. But I do think it's like if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan, there's a slow bleed here that happens this offseason and then the following season potentially. And then two and three seasons from now, you're starting to maybe think about being able to reboot this thing a little bit. And I'm, I wonder if their pause on it is looking inside their division and saying, was Seattle a fluke this year or not? San Francisco is always good. Turns out their third string quarterback is going to be their next franchise quarterback, right? And then the Rams might fall off a cliff here based on guys retiring and who's going to be a part of that going forward. Like, I wonder if the Cardinals still in their minds think we could be competitive over the next couple of seasons before we fully have to strip this thing down. I know you're, I think you're going to say that that's the wrong strategy. Yeah. Listen, I, I mean, you've got 20 players that are not going to be on this roster next year as of today, right? Yeah. So you got a lot, lot, lot to fill. So yeah, being that it's a slow bleed and you are looking at probably two years. I, I mean, here, here poses an interesting question. The Cardinals have the sixth pick in the draft. They can get as high as the second pick. They play Denver this week. Then they've got Atlanta, Tampa Bay, and San Fran. You could lose all those games with the way you're playing. Yeah, and everybody and except for Denver has something to play for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I kid, mean, in yeah. Denver, it's going to be backup versus backup. Colt McCoy versus uh, what's the name? Ripken or Rip Rip Ripken? Oh, or that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't even know the guy's name because he's. Uh, yeah, that, that, I didn't think Russ Wilson was not going to be uh, starting at quarterback this up, upcoming week until that concussion. But. 